There are so many things in this movie that are terrible and cringeworthy, but then it has good messages, so I'm conflicted. Yeah. That's definitely how I felt. A lot of jokes don't hold up. Um, oh, God, in 2021, yeah. which is funny because at the end of the movie we realized that he like jumped to 2021. Yes. Like, oh my God, we're in 2021. I had that so in my weird. Yeah. Hi guys, welcome to Real Breakdown. I'm Jordan and I'm Grace, and today we're going to be talking about the epic movie. No, just kidding. <laughs> the movie Click. One of my Adam Sandler favorites. I think. Oh God, no. I think this is one of my favorites. In talking about one, maybe the newer Adam Sandler movies. If we're talking about the older movies, Billy Madison for me. I'd say Billy Madison, yeah. Billy Madison's number one. Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore is a good one. Oh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy, The Wedding Singer. Oh, The Wedding Singer. The hands down, The Wedding Singer. Hands down. But I do like this one because it it was just kind of a little bit of a shocker in terms of the emotion that it brought. For an Adam Sandler movie, I was like... Okay, this one kind of like hit harder than it should have. The advertising for this movie was, it was marketed as a comedy. It was marketed as an Adam Sandler movie. And it's not, it's a comedy in some respects, but not in others. So it starts with Happy Madison. You know, it's an Adam Sandler movie. Of course, the classic Happy Madison. There's 80s music. It's a busy living room. There's toys all over the place. And you see like the TV snow, which is considered snow. Um, the house is a mess, They're, and then their dog is sleeping on the couch, and the kids, the really cute kids, are creeping down the stairs to get Twinkies, and of course the dad knows. And yeah. the kids are screaming, and he's like, oh my god, good morning. And of course the mom is already awake, she is holding a cup, of, a pot of coffee. And I'm like, Superwoman over here is already I know. doing all the things. From the first scene, he can't figure out which remote turns anything on, but the struggle is real. Especially in the early 2000s, there was a remote for every single thing. And if you go to like rental houses nowadays, there are still like five remotes and they're like labeled. I wrote clueless dad opener because I was just like, this is so typical of dad to be like, what do you want? Does what? Which one does what? Can we talk about the O'Doyles for a second? Because the O'Doyles are in everything. Is there actually a family called the O'Doyles that has wronged him? I I have no idea. I mean, I'm starting to think that maybe it's like a kid from his childhood. That's what I'm thinking too. Because... I mean, obviously, I automatically thought Billy Madison. Yes. And then I'm like, but every time it's O'Doyle, it's like a a feud, a conflict. So like what happened with the O'Doyle family? Yeah. But yeah, O'Doyle rules. And then like in this movie, every time he was like, go show the O'Doyles. I was like, oh God. So the dog starts humping his stuffed duck. And immediately you're like, okay, that's, that's like already fifth grade boy humor. Yeah. Which is... Adam Sandler staple. That really comes up a lot. Yeah. And the the kids are laughing and saying, the dog is wrestling. And he says, that's not wrestling. That's something you shouldn't learn about for the next 10 to 30 years. 10 for you to the boy, 30 to the girl. And I'm going to feminism for a second. Come Why? Come on. Like in this day and age, I mean, this was 2006, whatever. Maybe he's just being protective, but we can stop with the gender assignments and all that stuff. This is my TED talk. Thank you for coming. The wife is like, Ben, swim meetings tonight. Do I have to go to that? Yeah. I also, I love that it's like, okay, so like, it's like a beautiful family, beautiful neighborhood, beautiful wife. If oh my God, she's so hot. Sale, if she was your wife, would you really ignore her? Like, First time I saw, I was like, in my notes, I was like, she's too hot for him. Yeah. And by so the way, like seeing her today, she is still so gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we meet Kevin O'Doyle, who is the kid from Shameless. He's Ian on Shameless. And I, I saw him. No. Yeah. I saw him and I was like, oh my God, it's tiny Ian. 
That is, okay, number one, that's so cute. So cute. I was a huge Ian fan on Shameless. Oh my God, he's my favorite character. My first note in here was, are his freckles real? That's so crazy. I got way too sidetracked by his freckles. Are they real? They're, I'm pretty sure they're yeah, real. They, I think, I think he, they like, are because in Shameless, he, he always rocked like freckles. Yeah, but not like that. I think they that's kind true. of like, They dissipated. must like kind of. I think so. Calm down a little bit as you get older. I, I don't guess. know. Adam Sandler is commuting into New York, so he's angry, of course. Is anybody surprised by this? I don't think so. No. I commuted into New York for a long time by car, by train, by bus. Everyone's angry all the time because they're doing it, because they have to, because they can't afford to live in the city. Mm-hmm. I've also lived in the city, also miserable. And commuting just sucks. Oh, my God. Any place that you live around Manhattan takes at least an hour. Yeah. Door to door. Anyway, he gets to work in this office building as an anomaly. All of the women that work there look like models. Yeah, this is the hot people office. But then you can tell why. You meet his assistant, who is the woman from SNL, Rachel Dratch. In her SNL skit, um, Debbie Downer, that so is funny. my favorite. One of, I would say maybe in my top five SNL skits. There's a part, so like, did you watch the last season of Parks and Rec? Yes. She's the nanny for the triplets. Yes. That's one of my favorite things. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's ever done. She goes, your children just got into the bathroom and broke everything you own. <laughs> Why did that not click? I guess because I watched Parks click. and Rec so long. <laughs> I watched Parks and Rec so long ago. But that's, yeah, she is, I'm such a fan of her. She's so funny. I also read that she majored in drama, I think Cornell. So like, all right, Rachel. That's amazing. Uh, She had to ask, she's asking for permission to go to the bathroom. And that hit a very personal note for me. She like passes notes to (laughs) ask to go to the bathroom. And he's like, go to the bathroom. I stopped, paused this and I was like, honey, to my fiance, I'm like, that really hit me on a personal level. (laughs) He's like, why? Because I, when I worked for Warner Brothers at one of the jobs that I had with them, there was a lot, I was scared to go to the bathroom because I was scared the phone was going to ring. So I'd have the front desk girl, who I'm still friends with, watch my phone line. And I swear there was some sort of spy in my office that would tell my bosses when I wasn't at my desk for the 40 seconds it took for me to sprint to the bathroom because they would call every single time. (laughs) I feel you. Anyway, he's late for a meeting. He walks in and I just immediately said, well, this movie didn't age well. First, there's David Hasselhoff, who I'm sure all of you know who David Hasselhoff is. He was known for being a playboy. He was on Baywatch. And there are six men in quote unquote stereotypical Arabian clothing. Oh, my God. It's don't talk to me about this. So, like, do people actually wear that? I don't know if... Did they specify where in the Middle East they're from, right? They just said, like, they just kept saying Arabian. I think they said it once. Well, in certain parts of the Middle East, you will see some, like, Thobe-like dress. That whole scene was so extravagant. With them, like, you could tell they just put, like, extra makeup on them to make them Uh. look like freaking pirates. And it's... Rob Schneider. And it's Rob Schneider, which like I never noticed before. And a terrible accent. Speaking gibberish, by the way. I was, I like rewinded and tried to listen. And I was like, that's not Arabic. (laughs) And I speak Arabic fluently for anyone wondering. So there's not. And it was just like the most stereotypical and kind of racist scene. Oh, very racist. So his name is Prince Habibu, and they cannot say it correctly. They they mispronounce it every single time. 
And we learn that Adam Sandler is an architect and he's figuring out um, a hotel for this man who's a prince. So he has a lot of money to spend on it. And he comes up with this amazing lobby with this huge, like, three-story waterfall. And Prince Habibu is like, uh, why isn't the bar bigger and where are the women? Where are we going to have the wet t-shirt contest? Yeah. Like, what? I it's know. just... Really, if someone conservative like that from the Middle East was watching this, they'd be, they'd so be like, offended. that's so offensive to our culture, our religion. I mean, Ugh. so many things. So, I was yeah. cringing and I'm like, it, yeah. what is Grace going to think about this? That really was cringe for me, but almost laughable because I'm like, Jesus, I mean. Oh, yeah. So the he's in with his boss later and part of me saying, David Hasselhoff still looks good. Not gonna yeah, he does. And then another part of me said, David Hasselhoff looks like a douchebag. And then another part of me said, David Hasselhoff might just be really good at playing a douchebag. Not sure which one I'm not sure which one it is either. And then I was like, how would you feel if you were sexualized your whole life? Like his entire life. Does he enjoy it? Or is he actually just... I, I feel like sometimes he'd probably feel uncomfortable. Anyway, he tells Adam Sandler that he goes on vacation. He won't get the job, which is stupid. And they're going to dinner that night with clients. And he's saying... The, oh my God, there's another racist comment. He says, these people are Japanese. They can't wait for their fish to cook. Oh, that's the most American thing in the world. Like, no, they're not waiting for their fish to cook because that's how they eat their fish. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a joke, but it's not funny and has not aged well. Unlike David Hasselhoff, who has aged like a fine wine. He has aged like fine wine. That's for sure true. So Adam Sandler's going to his son's swim meet and he's running there to, he's running to make it there and he runs up to the wrong kid and this kid pops up and he goes, you're not my dad. And he goes, as far as you know, I thought that was so funny. I, that, okay, so there are like a few tangents that he goes on that I just love. These like unnecessary, I call them just, I mean, they are, they are fluff. They're fluff scenes. Yes. They're unnecessary, but they do make you laugh. And this one, I don't know why it makes me laugh because I think it's the kid's reaction the kid's- when he looks up and he's like, Really? He's <laughs> just about to like have a mental breakdown. I mean, kudos to that kid, whoever he is. He just, the that tone. one line, just like he delivered. Uh, so, of course, he goes over to his real son and his son calls him out. He's like, you weren't here on time. Yeah, you just got here. And Bill, the coach, comes over and the kids love him. And this is Sean Astin, who for most people out there will know him as Samwise Gamgee. Yeah from The Hobbit. He is an Oscar-nominated actor, and he's been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies, but of course in this one, he's wearing like this tiny red Speedo. Speedo, yep. And it's it's just kind of a funny way to introduce him. Yeah. He comes back later, and the like latest, his, his parents are there, Adam Sandler's parents are there, and their daughter, and they're eating ice cream later, and these older kids are setting off fireworks, and blah, blah, blah. This this movie, I feel like like talking about it this way is like very disjointed. But he's on the phone with his boss while these kids are lighting off these really loud fireworks, and his daughter runs up to him and says, "Daddy, how much longer are you gonna live?" And he says, "One minute," to, uh, to the person on the phone, and she goes, "One minute," <laughs> which is another one that just killed me. <laughs> And she go, he goes, no, I'm going to live for 200 years. Is that long enough for you and me? Promise. I promise. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah. 
I looked up what she's doing now. She actually took a break from acting and she's doing Olympic weightlifting. All right, girl, get it. I respect it. So the kids are lighting off more fireworks and he tells he's yelling at them, telling them to stop. And they say, go home and watch VH1, old man, which I love at the time was supposed to be an insult. I know. At the time, this is what, like... 2006? 2006, 2007? Like, what? I, I guess it was like right after um, like TRL, Total Request Live. Yeah. So... I was in college, and VH1 was more like Madonna and Nirvana. Madonna and Nirvana. I never realized that rhymed. And I just love that that was an insult. Yeah. And this is the scene where the quarter trick is introduced. So Henry Winkler plays Adam Sandler's dad, and he has this trick where he looks like he's biting a quarter, and then he, like, shakes it, and it's a full quarter again. And he does this trick for the grandkids, and the son goes, are you shitting me? (laughs) And that's such a kid thing to say to, like, see if you can get away with it. Henry Winkler says, your dad has always wondered how I did that trick, right, son? And he doesn't even respond because he's busy and he's on the phone. And his wife is asking, like, can we please have family time now? And he's thinking about it. And then the teenagers are sending off more fireworks. And he instead goes and jumps over the fence to go after the kids. And he says, I kicked your dad's ass in high school. Now I'm going to kick yours. So he's clearly an O'Doyle. I love that. And the same kid from before looks at his family and says, I hate that man. I mean, it's almost like he sometimes like does this crossover between his movies. And like it could very well be that like that O'Doyle kid in Billy Madison is now like the father who lives next door and who has this new kid that's terrorizing his kid. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, I don't know if that's what. Adam Sandler meant to do, but I thought about that when I was watching it this time. I was like, what if O'Doyle that he went to school with is now the O'Doyle that's living next door? I didn't even think of that. Or the kid in Billy Madison who was like, even when he was in elementary school in Billy Madison, when he like jumps something on his head and goes, O'Doyle rules. That could have been that kid's father. Yeah. So we're back home and he's getting sick and he says, I don't have time to be sick. I have to watch a documentary about Asian architecture. Which is, I thought that line was just really funny because I feel like that's just such an adult thing to say. And he says, no matter what, I disappoint someone. And his wife says, make sure you don't disappoint the wrong people. Which is kind of the thesis statement for the movie. So he's he's working his butt off to provide a life for his kids that he didn't have. And he's kind of yelling this at his wife and he hits the remote to turn on the TV and it's the remote control for a flying helicopter. And it hits him in the face. (laughs) And then he like opens up the garage and it's just like, yeah, oh. he goes into the garage and, can't, she, and she's just yelling, do you want me to open the garage for you? And he's like, yeah. So he goes to Bed Bath & Beyond because it's the only store that's open. I love that Bed Bath & Beyond was like a major character almost. Oh, movie. yeah. Did they approach them? I don't know. But I didn't do any research on that. Uh, he's going to find a universal remote control because the O'Doyles have one. And this, he gets to Bed Bath & Beyond and the conversation he has with the first person he meets is one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. And this actor's name is Nick Swardson. I looked him up. Of course, Swardson, S-O-N, and he is of the Norwegian persuasion. He says he's from Minnesota, so we might be related. I don't know. He is hilarious. They're very close, but he always gives him a cameo. Yeah, and he goes, do you have a universal remote? For a shower curtain or a bath mat? For a television? I don't think so. Maybe for a blanket? You have a remote for a blanket? Sorry, dude. I don't even work here. I'm just waiting for my friends. You're kidding me. Uh, actually, yes. I don't have any friends. Have any Will friends. you be my friend? Oh, I love it. 
and he like fake punches him and then he does like a karate chop and I'm just I was dying I had to rewind that scene like four times <laughs> he does what we all wish we could do in Bed Bath and Beyond is crash on the beds and he sees the sign that says beyond <laughs> which I love that like Bed Bath and Beyond is like the magical world in this movie <laughs> there's like be what beyond. <laughs> what the, this is the first time this movie made me really think about why did they name it Bed Bath and Beyond? Because then just you the go there reason. and you really just focus on bed and bath. Is there really so a beyond? There, is there really a beyond in your store? But anyway, that was the funny part about bed, it. Bath. It's like the beyond in this case was the back of the, the freaking store. Beyond. But yeah. bed, bath, lighting, and picture frames. Does that Does that work? It sounds terrible. It sounds horrible. That's probably why they chose they Bed, Bath, and Beyond. They went with the alliteration. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So he like sees the beyond. beyond. And the subtitles tell me in this that Irving or Irving Gordon's Be Anything But Be Mine is playing. And the lyrics popped up. So I wouldn't have noticed this if the lyrics didn't pop up. But he enters the quote-unquote beyond. He's walking down a dark hallway where there's sparks at the end of the hallway. It's a very long hallway. And in the song, the lyrics actually say, everything is okay. Be the angel of my prayers. Be the devil who cares. Be anything but darling, be mine. Hmm. Which is amazing that they found a song like that that fits this movie. And then enter Christopher Walken, everyone. And Christopher Walken sings along with that last line. He says, be anything but darling, be mine. And right now, Christopher Walken looks like the nutty professor. Yeah. With the bow tie and like a powder blue coat. And no, I'm not talking about the 1996 nutty professor with Eddie Murphy. Oh, that's a great one. I'm talking about the 1963 nutty professor with Jerry Lewis, who went to high school with my grandmother. Amazing. He looks like a mad scientist. Yeah. He also looks like he's been doing this for a very long time because the mise-en-scene... Grace, would you like to tell everybody what mise-en-scene is? Mise-en-scene is basically everything in a scene. So there are things in the background of this that are crazy. There's like a standing microscope that like jewelers have. There's also a soldering iron. And then there's a book in the background that looks like either the original Bible or like the Dead Sea Scrolls. And he has like this like work desk that he stands behind. So I don't know. It can be very like back to the future. Yes. Like mad scientist. Uh, and there's a giant skeleton key on his desk. It's like yeah. a foot long. There's also things that look like they'd be in a warehouse of a Bed Bath & Beyond. There's like cords and boxes, a ladder that looks like it has no end, by the way. You never yeah. see the top of that ladder. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of random inventory of uh, who knows what. Mm-hmm. So then they go into the way beyond. The, actual, the title above the door actually says the way beyond. Yeah. Uh, and he says, I got to be honest, this place looks way bigger from the outside. <laughs> It's those subtle dry comments that get me every time because the warehouse has no end. Like you see no end. And Christopher Walken comes to this like closet and he pulls back the doors and it says he's just looking like everything's empty except this one box that's like glowing blue. And it says really new stuff. And he hands him this weird remote control and he says, does it come with directions? No, it'll program itself. How much is this? Free. Free. (laughs) What's the catch? You want me to take my shirt off? Because I don't play for that team. He goes, man, get out of here. First of all, can we stop with the gay jokes? There's a lot of them as we go on. Also, yes. And it, it, this was 2006. So it's a little outdated. Yeah. But it's like now it's cringeworthy. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God, did you say that? 
he gets home and he's coughing, my immediate thought was, oh, God, he has COVID. I know. <laughs> Every time I hear people cough in a movie now, I'm like, they must be getting the Rona. I see people go to, like, crowds and they're not wearing masks. I'm like, where's your mask? <laughs> it's so disturbing. That's how life's become. He gets home and there's a box of Twinkies and a box of Yodels. And he's saying, you don't need a Twinkie. You do need a Yodel, though. Are Hostess and Duke sponsoring this movie? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I can see that. I bet you, because there would be no other reason to put the put that in there specifically. Very specific product placement. Interesting. He's finally able to turn on his TV, and the hottest wife in the world comes down in short shorts and a tank top. He pauses the TV, and she pauses behind him, and he's talking to himself. He turns, and she's frozen. He says, don't give me that look, and turns back around and presses play, and she just says, just think about it and stop with the yodels or you're going to wake up 400 pounds one day, which he literally does later. Yeah. Every time he frees it, he uses the remote to freeze people from now on just takes me back to the craziness of the mannequin challenge that happens on social media. Oh my God. So like every scene I watch where they like freeze, I'm like, this just reminds me of the time we all went like fucking psychotic <laughs> doing the mannequin challenge. <laughs> Trying to stay still. Like, what was that all about? I have no idea. I, you just completely blew my mind. That's something I completely blocked out of my memory. I'm pretty sure a lot of us have. Oh but every time I looked at it, I was like, this is cracking me up. Because all I can picture is people just trying to freeze as still as possible. I'm just having like a myriad of flashbacks right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so he freezes his wife and they're yeah. having an argument. And he still doesn't realize that the remote is is doing what it's doing so we as an audience start learning that the remote controls like basically his life yeah he lowers the dog's barking that's okay so this scene with sundance yeah i have three dogs sundance is a cute dog it is really cute i have three dogs and in a condo so when they bark it's it's like nails on a chalkboard yeah especially because you're like i don't want the condo to find out we have three dogs right (laughs) so his dog starts barking and like jokingly, he uses the remote to turn down the barking, but it works. And he goes, this is one of my favorite lines in this movie. He goes, I guess when you combine mass quantities of cough syrup with yodels, you get acid. You get acid, <laughs> which is, I'm sure anyone's first like reaction to that situation happening to you. Like, <laughs> He takes the dog out to go to the bathroom and he's getting annoyed when he's not pooping fast enough. So he fast forwards that. Also something I wish I had. So the next morning he wakes up and we meet Janine. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Love her as an actress. She's an icon. She's Stifler's mom for all of you who are our age. Yeah, or Legally Blonde. Oh. She um, always gets me there. What the hell is her name in that? Anyway, the nail technician that's her best friend in Legally Blonde. She's also, if you're like 15 and are watching Friends on Nick at Night, which is hurtful. She's the woman who pretends to have a British accent. That is like, the best character. What was her name in that show? Um, oh, God. Nina? Uh, I'm never remember Melinda? I don't know why. It's like some M or N. God, yeah. It's the one they... Yeah. Does the impression. So funny. On my mobile. On my mobile. You're from Queens. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, she makes a great cameo. My favorite line in that scene is when she tells Kate Beckinsale, she's like, you should get some work done, then maybe Michael would want to hang out with you too. <laughs> Michael being her wife, her husband. Yeah, which is Adam Sandler. Michael. Oh my God. And she says, I just she want, I just want to shave down my cheekbones because they look too Slavic. 
It is a great scene. A lot of roasting. He knows way too much about her. Yeah. When she's like, all my husband's abandoned me. And he's like, you cheated while they were at work. Like, what are you talking about with the brother? What are you talking about? And she says, you know too much about me. I shouldn't have gone on Maury. (laughs) I love that. And he's like, Maury has seen his fair share of shit. And he thinks you're crazy too. So she starts to lose her mind and he mutes her and then puts like the picture in picture thing. So he's watching a baseball game while she's like shoving chocolate in her face, yelling about how her bunny abandoned her. And now he realizes that he could literally watch TV while life is happening. So he realizes that his wife's talking to him and he says, she says, why do you have to be so mean? And he goes, I don't know. I, hello. (laughs) My note just says, WTF? Yeah. And that's what his wife, his wife just like, her subtle facial expressions in this are incredible. Yeah. Like, because she looks confused, but also like, wait, I'm still angry. Yeah. What? Like, I want to know what just happened. And he goes, and he just leaves. We're back in the beyond. Yeah. Christopher Walken has the glasses on. Christopher Walken's name, I keep calling him Walken or Christopher Walken. His name in this movie is Morty, Mm -hmm. which I don't, I didn't understand until way later. And Adam Sandler goes in and thinks he's on, like, candid camera, which this is way before most people's time. And he's like, just press menu on the remote. And he's like, what are you talking about? He presses menu on the remote and they go to, like, an in-between void. He says, like, you can see anything in your life. Main menu is, like, his life menu. So, number one, he has, like, his own narrator. Which is James Earl Jones. (laughs) So, it's, like, commentary on his life. You can go back to your memories. And also, I love when you hear, like, dramatic narration over just like mediocre scenarios it makes like everything better it's like morgan freeman or james earl jones being like and then he ran out of toilet paper or like (laughs) the whole like craze when everyone downloaded morgan freeman's voice on their google um maps and so he was just giving everyone directions like that's like (laughs) you imagine like turn right like that's like what was happening with everybody that was right after march of the penguin yeah so (laughs) strange Like, what the fuck? That was like 2009, oh, 10. God. But anyway, yeah. So he yeah, he sees that the remote has like all these little features. So Christopher Walken as his spirit guide his spirit takes him guide. on a journey. journey. <laughs> yeah. A life journey. And he clicks the making of, which is hilarious from a film perspective. And then you just hear and kind of see like the feet of people having sex. And he's like, oh, what is this? It's, is this a porn? And then realizes it's his parents making, making him. him. And then he's like fast forwarding like frantically. And then it, they're just dark. And they hear like, okay, push. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute. We're inside my mother. Like, this is crazy. This part is so funny he's born and the doctor goes it's a girl yeah that part got down <laughs> and she grabs the baby she goes wait that's a tiny schmeckle <laughs> and christopher so like his mom burned him at birth and then christopher walking goes your mom must have had some superpower eyesight because i didn't see anything at all <laughs> such a burn and his parents, Adam Sandler, if in case anybody didn't know, is Jewish. So his parents use like Yiddish slang, which for those of you not from New York is very common. So schmeckle means penis. Like at one point, she was, at the very end, I think when she was like, oh, it's okay, bubble up. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So he's like, think of anything where you want to go and go there. And he goes to Lake Winnipesaukee, which is actually where I went to camp in New Hampshire. It's a giant, gigantic lake. It's beautiful. 
And they're going to, he's going to a memory of them camping on Lake Winnipesaukee. And Henry Winkler's makeup in this movie, in this scene, his hair and like the way they did his hair is terrible. But his makeup, is that CGI? He looks 30 years younger in a weird way. In like a creepy way. Like someone almost made like a fake wax figure and just like stuffed yes. it. Yes. Like he looks so younger strange. in this scene than he did in Happy Days. He's biting the quarter and it turns, we've already seen it, but this is where it starts. And Adam Sandler's in the background, like he's watching this standing behind himself as a teenager. And he says he always knew the quarter trick was a, it was a trick quarter. He just couldn't let his dad know that he knew. From this point onward, it's a slow progression of how he uses the remote. So like he starts to use it and it's a slow progression and then it gets way too fast, way too fast. 100%. It goes from like zero to a hundred because first he's like using it to help his kids, right? Like he freeze frames so that O'Doyle doesn't catch the ball. It hits hits him in the head, right? He like, we'll do it here and there. He skips fights with his wife. Yes, of course. Just things that he does not want to deal with. Moments with his parents. Like his parents are coming over for dinner. There's a sleepover because they couldn't go on vacation. So instead of having a vacation, they had like all the friends come over. He fast forwards through the whole night. Oh, there's there's a scene with Kate Beckinsale that I actually thought was really funny. So his parents come down into the basement and he's building a model. and They come to say goodbye and they had a good night. And he goes... You know, mom, my schmeckle got bigger. And she goes, well, it couldn't have gotten any smaller. And in this moment, I realized that his mother is Marge Simpson. Oh, my God. Because now I'm like, why does that voice sound so damn familiar? So his parents are Marge Simpson and the Fawns. So his wife comes downstairs to do the laundry. And so the ducks head back on because the dog humps the ducks so much. And she says, can you watch the kids with like clean? He says no. And she starts like yelling at him and he fast forwards through it. He's coming to get in bed and she says she can't sleep because they were arguing. And then they kind of make up and she says, this time you can be Sundance and I'll be the duck. And we see the clock and it's 1.40 a.m. And he fast forwards and he's done. And the clock says 1.43 a.m. He skips everything good and fights. He tries to call Morty and Morty's just at his door. Being like a crazy grandfather who isn't quite old enough to be a grandfather yet, but also looks like he's lived forever. Like he has no time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Actually... Thinking of this, he looks exactly the same in this as he did in Hairspray. So he's the father in Hairspray, and he's wearing the same outfit. I wonder if he just, like, recycled that costume. He tells him he's, when you fast-forwarding, he goes on autopilot. And then he starts complimenting Kate Beckinsale, saying, your wife is gorgeous, it's amazing she fell for a schlub like you. And he goes, you want to see some of the other girls that I slept with before her? This is also cringeworthy because they go through past partners that are unattractive, especially from the angle that they're looking at them at. The one line of like, oh, it was this animal planet. I was like, oh, oh that just oh. like does not oh, God. do so well. Bad. But he yeah. does say sometimes it's better to keep certain memories just yeah, in your head. Yeah, which we agree with. I completely agree because I can't even imagine looking back on things like from when I was younger because I imagine them in like a rose tinted glasses. We come to the sexual harassment seminar scene. Oh God, it's cringe. I want to know how sexual harassment trainers today would look at this. I would look at that. They would probably just shut it off and leave. It's not a, that's just, it would never fly. I think the worst line was David Hasselhoff being like, I don't want to, you know, call anyone out. 
especially not the office slut, but you know, Stacy. Stacy. And she's like, mm, yeah. She goes, yeah, It's me. just, there's so much. And then he's like talking about how, like, what would be sexual harassment, like going through a list of oh all God. these things. I can't even remember. That he has said. Right. No, he that said, he has like said that I he has done. Week. You want a promotion, bring out the lotion. He switches it to Spanish because he doesn't want to listen to yeah. it. And in Spanish, he actually says, like, he's talking about, he's like, sexual harassment even happens when you're gay. They go to dinner with their clients, and they're talking about Ichiro and Matsui, which are Ichiro, Suzuki, and Hideki, I think is how you say it, Matsui, which are baseball players. And David Hasselhoff, clueless that he is, says, order them both, I'll eat anything. Oh, my God. (sighs) Anyway, the clients go to the bar where they're talking shit about them, and he actually does a really good move in this. He uses the remote to to translate. I actually made that note of like, okay, this is the stuff you should be using it for. That is 100% what I would use that. You know, understanding a situation better so you can benefit from it. Cool. I've always wanted to speak more than one language fluently, and you do speak two languages fluently. I I speak French and Italian badly. Yeah, (laughs) I speak some French. Anyway, this is is also racist because... The things that the Japanese people are saying, like, he makes me want to take a sword and chop my dick off. It's a Harikari reference. And it, oh God. Anyway, but they hear the clients say they want to go to TGIF and get wasted. And he actually does a good thing here. They come back to the table and he says, you know what? Let's just throw out the plan that I had. He says exactly what they were just talking about, which is kind of sketchy. I know, right? Like, he really nailed it word for word. I feel like Literally. you kind of have to, like, paraphrase a little bit. Yeah, come on up, Sailor. You know? Like, you don't repeat what they're saying. I'd be like, that's so creepy listening. Right. I, if I were these men, I'd be like, yeah. uh, were you just... Yeah, you were you just... Do you actually speak to Yeah, them? I know, right? So, yeah. He uh, nails it. He basically is like, let's get rid of this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And at the end, he ends it with, so we can all go to TGI Fridays and get some jello shots. So he lands the account, he gets home, he's super excited, he bought new bikes for his children, they're all having a party at 2 o'clock in the morning, and my only note was, Ben and Sam share share a room? Yeah. In that beautiful house, it's one room. (laughs) It's one room, which I'm sure they did for filming purposes, and I just briefly looked out the corner of my eye and thought my purse was a dog. This is how many dogs I live with. And his wife is super excited, and she says, I knew it was going to be a good day because our song came on the radio. He has no idea what their song is, so he has to rewind to their first date. And honestly, I wish I had some time to do this. So so like, did I say that? I don't know. Figures out what it was. So it's Linger by the Cranberries. And she hugs him and he's like, hugs him like, oh my God, he remembered our song. And he whispers, I love you to the remote. Because she says, I love you. No, he says it first. Oh, he says it first. And then then she she says, says, I love love you too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes into work the next day, finds out he actually didn't really get partnered. Because I think this is something we can all relate to, is like that work aspect of, well, you do this one more thing and then we'll give you this. Or just just a little bit, a little bit more work and then you'll be here and blah, 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 blah. And it goes on forever. Yeah, so basically this is, that's another thesis statement for this movie is like, you know, you keep chasing the pot of gold. He does something we wish, we all wish we could do at times. Mm -hmm. Pauses it and smacks him in the face a few times. And farts in his face. He's like, fuck this, like, I want to skip to my promotion but you know he kind of I think hesitates a little bit because he's like what if I'm gonna miss too much how long is it gonna take goes back to Bed Bath & Beyond to find Morty and in this scene it's very different than the other scenes with Morty because there's a bright red light red everybody if we're talking about color theory red is danger warning because what does red remind us of blood and he's like what am I gonna do miss a few fights and Christopher Walken Morty says Something that's actually like really deep. He says, remember the leprechaun from the cereal? 
when he gets to the end of the rainbow, it's just cornflakes. And like in my head, I went, it's not cornflakes. It's like corn puffs. But that's not really the point. Do you not understand the metaphor? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he gets home and his kids. I know. I didn't like the scene at all. It hurt. His kids like try to show him the designs that they made. Well, that he told them to make. And he just kind of loses it. And he's like, this sucks. Why would you have this here? Why would, Why you-, would you have a house made yeah. of room with pizza? Why would you have your... Exactly. Like, just so... Oh, my God. He's so mean. He's so mean. And his wife come down- comes down and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that's when she's like, okay, I know you well enough to know that you didn't make partner. Right. But she is so supportive in this scene. He- and she's like, we're going to get through it. And he's like, when are we going to stop getting through it? Tells the kids that they have to bring the bikes back. You hear the kids crying. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. And he fast forwards. And he's at his promotion ceremony. He learns that Janine and his boss have been together for over a year. He learns that it's been over a year that he fast forwarded through. That he's in marriage counseling. He gets home. The kids are older. And the dog died. Oh, I almost started crying. From now on, the movie weirdly like tugs at your heartstrings at random points. It tugs at your heartstrings. And then it's like... Oh, why did I feel sad for a moment? Because you're just you just get so annoyed with yeah. like the humor that comes up. You're just yeah. like, oh, you took this really beautiful moment and just yeah. crapped all over it. And everyone around him is like, oh, he's just finally coming to terms with the dog's death. Like clearly he's been so busy. He hasn't even processed. Like that was the sadder part. And he hugs his wife and he says, I love you. Do you still love me? And she says, I'm really confused. And he says, please stay with me. Uh, And this is when the remote starts fast forwarding on its own because it started to learn his preferences. He wants to fast forward through fights and sex and traffic. Which is what Morty told him would would basically happen. Because he was like, there's a manual. There's no manual. The remotes will basically learn how to work. Which means it's going to be specific to your life and the way you want to live it. But all of a sudden, it's 10 years later. And when he wakes up 10 years later, my first thought was, wow, technology went a long way in 10 years. 10 years ago, we just had a different iPhone. I love that people think that's like what the future was going to be like in like 2006. We were like, in 2021, we're going to have flying cars. That's like in Back to the Future with the flying, with the skateboard. Yeah. The hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. And like, we can't even like pave all the roads correctly yet. No, you know oh what I God, mean? Like, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like, why did they think what? this looked like it was like 3021? He's obese and living alone. He finds out that he's like super overweight. There's a super cringeworthy scene that I don't want to talk about. He drives to his house. This is also one of my favorite parts on the radio. While he's driving up to his house, it says, Britney Spears and her 23rd baby. And Kevin Federline is thinking about getting a job. (laughs) I made a note. And I was like, how dare you come at Britney? Knowing everything we know now, I'm like, how dare you make a joke about Britney? In my notes, I just went, poor Britney. Free Britney. (laughs) Which one? We're halfway there. We're getting there. Oh, yeah. The Michael Jackson thing, he says, and Michael Jackson, the first person to clone himself, is suing himself for molesting himself. And then I realized that this movie came out in 2006 and Michael Jackson died in 2009. He sees his son, who's also a beast, this is what I was telling you. There's a cameo right here that I guarantee you don't know about. It's Jonah. You know about it. Yeah. That's so funny. So I thought you were talking about the shameless cameo. No. That was the one that, because that one shocked me. But yeah, this one, Jonah Hill. It's Jonah yeah. Hill. Yeah. With a, a prosthetic nose. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh Great. my God. Because you know when I first realized it was the boys. The vo- I, I, like, I can always 
pick out Jonah Hill's voice and I don't know what it is about his voice, but like, I'll just know it. If I hear Jonah Hill like 50 years from now, I'm like, that's Jonah Hill. Like he's but standing yeah, next to Yeah, I, I have no idea why. But yeah, oh, he's God. his son and he's basically like, at that point, just like him in terms of his lifestyle and the yes. way he treats himself and such and such. And his daughter's a really hot teenager who also, th- in my notes, I say, clothes have become really futuristic in 10 years. She looks like a militant Spice Girl. Yeah. With blue hair. And Donna, the wife, Kate Beckinsale, of course, looks absolutely gorgeous. And she's now married to Sean Astin. The yeah. <laughs> she's yelling she hates Michael, Adam Sandler, and he pauses it and realizes he never finished the, finished the treehouse that he started when they were little. Christopher Walken appears and says, you can lie to yourself and your wife, but not the remote. Bill and Donna are paused, and he kicks Bill in the balls three times before resuming. And he presses play, and he's about to say something really nice to his ex-wife, and the, the new dog knocks him over, and he hits his head on a brick wall and passes out. Because he's, quote, sick, the remote fast-forwards again. Yeah, and then it fast-forwards, and we basically realize that because he programmed the remote to fast-forward in all of his illnesses, we find out that he had cancer, recovered from cancer, uh, gained weight during chemo, which is why he's obese, and then had a heart attack from that. So it's like the most insane, just domino effect of events. And it's been six years. Yeah, which is long-ass time. And in my head, he, he like he looks over at the remote that's on his nightstand, and I'm just going, does anybody notice that there's a remote there? It has been for 16 years or whatever. The hospital is so futuristic. So futuristic. And I'm like, I wrote, it's only like 2025, and we're supposed to believe the world is this futuristic? Laughing face emoji. It's 2021, and we still have fucking cubicles in 90% of office spaces. <laughs> that was literally my note word for word. Who thinks we have, like, I don't know. Those, Who's giving this money to these hospitals? Those hospitals are absolutely ridiculous. People it looks do- like the movie Passengers. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my People God. are donating more money to, like, baseball teams than they are yeah, to hospitals. literally. Insane. Anyway. He goes back to work, and my notes say, it looks like Epcot up in here. It looks like it's the future world in Epcot. And he goes, all your dreams came true, huh, moron? And Ben is there. He's working for the company. He's skinny. He sees a picture of Samantha, his daughter, and he's like, oh, who's that hot piece? That's your daughter. Yeah. This is a recurring theme, which is cringeworthy. This, this, this scene. Oh, he says, I'd like to spend time with everyone because he realizes he fast-forwards 16 years. I want to spend time with the kids and the grandparents and, the, and Donna and Bill, even Bill. And he realizes, his, he finds out his dad died. Yeah, because he's like, oh, maybe grandma and grandpa can come out for ice cream. Oh, and then he's like, I knew something was wrong with you today. Yeah, and he, like, Ben gets, like, alarmed. And me watching this for the second time, I was fast-forwarding through this part because it's so sad. Yeah. I fast-forwarded through this part, too, actually. Irony is not lost here. Yeah. Yeah. Did not want to relive this part. I just felt the need to call him in this moment. I was like, holy fuck, I just kind of want to hear their voice and just, you know, hey, guys, let's go. I wanted to hug Henry Winkler. Yeah. Oh, when he walks out and he's, like, crying. Oh, God. And he tries to rewind to his father's death, and Morty is there and says, it won't take you there because you weren't there. And he rewinds to the last time he saw his father, His dad just wants to have a boys' night with the three generations, and he's too busy, and he tries to do the quarter trick. I I don't... 
It's really hard for me to even explain this scene. Michael, Adam Sandler, says he's always known how he did it. And his father's heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And Henry Winkler crying. Like, I'm crying thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm literally starting to cry. But Henry Winkler's walking out of the office. And he's crying, like, almost hysterically. And says, I love you, son. Like, he knew he was going to die. Adam Sandler rewinds it and says, he says, I love you, son. He says, I love you, too, and says goodbye. And gives him a kiss. Oh, and that's what, yeah that I think that's when I really lose it that that and then I lose it for the rest of yeah. the movie it's like this movie takes an abrupt turn and you're like oh my god this is not a comedy I know and he's at the cemetery and this is where we find out that Morty is the angel of death because also he tries to attack him and he goes underground he just sinks not up <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he goes down. That's Which what I, I didn't, like, okay, so he is the angel. I didn't death. really notice that. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he goes he just, down. He goes down, and usually you see, like, guardian angels go up and they disappear, mm-hmm. but he clearly went into the ground. And, and it's an argument between him and Morty, so the remote knows and fast forwards again. He says, take me to a good place. Oh, and really? Just, yeah, before he gets taken to the wedding, he's like, ah, oh, just take me to a good place. And then it goes and he's at his son's wedding. I didn't even register that. I didn't catch that until this time too when I watched it. So he it knows really that quick. the remote is like about to do it. I says, think he knows. He just, he doesn't know what's about to happen, but I think he just tells the remote, like, just take me to my happy place. Oh, okay. And then it takes him to his son's wedding. Right. Where he's giving a toast. And the toast he gives is actually pretty impressive for not knowing, for not knowing where, where the hell you is. are. Yeah. <laughs> and the bride is Jana Kramer, everybody. If anyone's a One Tree Hill fan. No idea. She's just like, oh, she looks good. Yeah. And then Donna is there. Beautiful. Kate Beckinsale. Gorgeous, as always. Uh, oh, when he sees his mom. His and it's mom like the cutest scene. It's very cute. Their song comes on. Their song, meaning Donna and Michael, Adam Sandler, Kate Beckinsale, the Cranberries linger. And the, as soon as the singer starts singing, I'm sorry, this is a really like low level note. But her singing was terrible. And it's so bad that I was distracted yeah. for the rest of the song. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a singer. Yeah. I'm not the world's best singer, but I am a recorded professional singer. So, like, I, just, I was very distracted for a second. And when it's a film, you know that they're pre-recording everything musical right, in so the how? studio. So how's it that bad? How? Uh, he like sees that. his daughter dancing with Bill. And he's like, who is that hot girl again? And he tells her to cover up. And she's like, well, if that's your way of telling me I look pretty, then thank you. Which, good for you, Samantha. And then she calls Bill dad. And Adam Sandler has a heart attack. Yeah, basically that's like the trigger of him. Basically we're like, he's dying. And then that, like, Morty appears as he's kind of looking up at the light. Which Mm -hmm. is, you know, obviously he's the angel of death. And he tells him, basically, you live the life that you chose. You live the life you chose. Right. And Adam Sandler wakes up in the, quote, hospital. And I was like, is he on the Millennium Falcon? Is he in heaven? <laughs> and I said, we're only eight years off from that. And I guarantee you hospitals will probably look exactly the same. You kidding me? When we get rid of the blue curtains, then maybe we can talk like a more modern modern design. But the every on the ceiling ev- every ER I've been to recently, and my dad works, well, retired now, but he worked in an ER until last year. Every single one I've gone into has the same exact curtain structure. Countries. Literally. Whether you're, by the way, I'm from the Middle East. Where I'm from is a third world country. 
I live in America, which is a first world country. <laughs> Both countries still have curtains in their yeah. emergency Those room. Blue curtains. Yes. So, Adam, you were so off on predicting <laughs> what the what the world is going to look like. Oh God! I'm so sorry, but it's true. <laughs> oh, Christopher Walken says like you you wasted your life, and then he gets a visit from his son and, and his daughter. daughter. And we learn that his son, Ben, is like, I'm, I canceled my honeymoon. And we think it's because his dad had a heart attack. But no, it's because he's got work. And he's like, no, don't do it. But he, you can't get it out. And, they, and then the doctor's like, you guys got to leave because clearly like he's going crazy over here. Yeah. And they're like, OK, we'll be back. And Adam Sandler's like, no, I'm not going to stand for this. And the nurse comes and says, you have to stay in your bed, and he distracts him by saying, "Isn't that Colin?" Farrell? Yeah, isn't that Colin Farrell? And he's like, "Where?" And then he just like jabs him with it. I love syringe. how the nurse fell too. He's like, "Ooh." And I wrote, "He's th- he's threatening him with the desert eagle of syringes." Yeah, Morty shows up in that moment and says, "You know, the machine that you're attached to is basically keeping you alive," which he just detached himself from. Right. While Adam Sandler traverses the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And there's really dramatic music in this scene, which is fitting for the mood, but like uh, overly dramatic for an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I'm like, as if it couldn't get any more dramatic. It's pouring rain and he can't yell. And they're getting into a cab that looks like a hearse. And yeah, he, like what are they in London? Look like a London know, like cab. There's suicide doors. Like what? It's so strange. It's probably also self-driving, but uh, he <laughs> we're still not there. <laughs> He falls in the rain and Ben sees him out the corner of his eye and is yelling and running for help. And then he's surrounded by his family. It's pouring rain. And his wife and Bill and his children are there. And he's trying to whisper, family comes first, go on your honeymoon. And he says his goodbye. He says to Samantha, I love you. And then in true Adam Sandler fashion, this could have been a beautiful moment. But he gives Bill, Sean Astin, the middle finger. Yeah. And, and then, then he just the kind A-OK. of goes like, no, you're, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he holds his ex-wife's hands and says, I'm sorry. And Christopher Walken walks in. Morty walks in. Nobody else can see him. And he whispers, the note you wrote her is in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And it's the napkin that he wrote on their first wedding when he says, first kiss time. He writes it on a napkin. And she wrote, writes back, will you still love me in the morning? And he writes back forever and ever, babe. And he hands her that napkin and she starts crying and he says it's time to go. And he, Adam Sandler's character, Michael, dies with Ben, his son, like crying over him with his family around him. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up in Bed Bath & Beyond. Yup. He's back in that <laughs> same bed. He's in the bed and bath part, yeah. not the beyond. <laughs> There's no beyond this time. And this is my favorite part when he runs out to the parking lot and he sees his car I, I've done this with so many things in my life when he's like, you mediocre middle class piece of shit. But he's like so happy. I love you. Like sometimes, you know what, guys? Sometimes you don't make it very far, but you make it somewhere and you got to celebrate those milestones, you know? So like that moment was relatable. So when, after he's leaving Bed Bath and Beyond, he goes to his parents' house and wakes them up in the middle of the night just to tell them he loves them. And then he's like, Dad, you got to show me how you do that quarter trick. And his dad, half awake, goes, a magician never reveals his secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, you can come over whenever you want. And he's like jumping on the bed like a small child. And his dad says, you're going to give me a heart attack, which is like a nod. Um, and he goes, no, I have the heart attacks. 
I like that line. He's like, no, I'm the one that has the heart attacks. (laughs) And he says to his mom, thanks for giving birth to me. I know it hurt. And she says, stay off the bong pipe. (laughs) I love you, but stay off the bong pipe. And he's like, I can't promise you that. (laughs) Yeah. And then then this is one of the most deeply hidden comments about marriage ever. (laughs) He goes, well, I'm up. What do you think? And she says, only if you massage me first. And he goes, let's go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. I love that. And she looks relieved. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's like, I don't really care, okay? Yeah. He gets home and starts banging pots and pans. I would be pissed. I know. Everyone comes down very excited. But honestly, if that was just like a regular night, I'd be like... Who the fuck is banging pots and pans? Most people have guns in their houses. Like, mo- I say most people. Like, most Americans have guns in their houses. I come down with my freaking sword. Yeah, the kids come down, and he basically drops the news that he is going on the camping trip, that they're going to have a camping trip. Yeah. The kids are like, yeah! And his uh-huh. wife's like, wait, we're going on a camping trip? Wait, what? And he said, he picks up his daughter and says, one day you're going to be the hottest chick alive, but you still got to be smart, so tomorrow I'm going to teach you calculus. And his daughter goes, you know calculus? <laughs> He goes, I knew you'd call me on that. Your mom will teach you. Yeah. I like her. She's like a little witty kid. <laughs> I know. And then I'm I'm crying hysterically. Sundance comes out. Oh, my God. And he goes, doggy ears go by so quickly. So it's time to enjoy the real thing. Oh! And then opens the door to the cutest little bulldog. With a pink bow. Yeah. Oh, God. And then they both go and hump the duck. Yes, but it's also kind of fucked up that he brought her home for that express purpose. But they both, she goes straight to the duck. They both love the duck. And he says, they said she was female. I guess they were lying. She doesn't, she she can yeah. still be female. That, that confused me because I was like, is he no, she, saying that? It's, it's or still like, a girl. You know, like, what's going on? And then he sees the remote and there's a note on it that says, good, good guys need a break sometimes. I know you'll do the right thing. Morty, P.S. Your wife still, your rocking body still drives me crazy. Oh my God, Morty. You're a mortal being. Why? Oh God. He, he fucked with him for like 50 years and then sent him back to say that. And then, yeah, basically he's like, fuck this show remote. I'm not doing this over again. Thanks, everybody. This has been our TED Talk on appreciating your life and loving Kate Beckinsale. P.S.A. Stop and smell the roses. <laughs> or Kate Beckinsale. <laughs>